episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Today, I'm speaking with Father Johnny Gibson, who's going to come on and share a little bit of information about his vocation to the priesthood and how he got there. Uh, so thank you for coming on and sharing this information with us. Uh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm looking, looking forward to the opportunity to talk, to chat, and to, uh, to unpack uh, this call. <laughs> For sure, for sure. So here's a little information about um, Father Johnny Gibson. Um, he was just ordained in June of 2021. So what a marvelous blessing it is to be like a rookie in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell us how you discerned the call to the priesthood? What happened when you were younger that ignited the spark within to serve in this capacity? The priesthood has always been something um, that has been on my heart. You know, since as far as I can remember, I've Growing up in the church, a little church kid, um, and I actually, uh, my home parish is St. Peter Claver, and so um, I'm blessed to have that opportunity as my first assignment to be at my home parish, but it was here that it would really uh, grow, and the example of priesthood that I saw in my past of Father Michael Jacques um, really was not only attractive, but encouraging for me. But the first time I said yes to the priesthood, I was five years old. I was sitting outside of the daily mass chapel at my elementary school, and um, I was watching mass. And the old, there was an older gentleman who came outside of the chapel, and he saw me sitting there, and he was he was kind of confused as to why a five year old would be sitting outside of the chapel, um, and he asked me what I was doing, and I said to him, "I'm watching mass." Um, Again, that was very odd, odd for him. And then like, he thought about it and asked, so do you want to be a priest? And I said, yes. Now, uh, I was also the five-year-old who was a priest for Halloween, who like celebrated mass and stuffed animals. So it wasn't really anything for me uh, <laughs> to say yes to that. But it was then um, that I first said yes. Um, but as, you know, you grow and you mature, that yes uh, turns into a no, a, a maybe, a, I don't know. And I really entered into a, spa a space of compromise with the Lord, um, saying that you could have part of my life, right? I will give you ministry I, I, at my, while I was in high school. Um, I went to St. Augustine High School uh, here in New Orleans. Um, I did campus ministry. I did ministry things here at the parish at St. Peter Claver. I did ministry things for the Archdiocese of New Orleans. But I really said to the Lord, you can have that and the rest of the life was, is mine. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I'm going to do that's, that don't have nothing to do with you. <laughs> um, and really entered not only a space of compromise, but really running away from this call. My peers, my, my, my ministry peers, my classmates at St. Aug, my family all knew that this was on my life. Like this calling to the priesthood was on my heart and that this is what the Lord was actually inviting me into. But I was very much so, um, very much so in disagreement <laughs> with that. Um, I would end up going to the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. and kind of uh, continue that, that, that line of thinking, right? I'm going to do the ministry things. I'm going to, to, to serve um, 
at the Basilica of the National Shrine. I'm going to do ministry and campus ministry. I'm going to do all of these churchy things because I know that if I did not do that, I would lose a part of myself. You know, the church, my faith, uh, uh, integral to who I am. But this priesthood thing, nah, you can have, you could, you could find somebody else. Um, and it wasn't really until I finished grad school. Um, so I finished grad school in 2017, and I came home for vacation. And at that particular time, I had it in my heart. I had it on my mind that I was not going to, um, I wasn't going to seminary. Um, and this is, wasn't the first time that I had that on my heart, but it was very clear to me at that point. And it was in the course of conversation with uh, two good priest friends of mine, um, one who was about to be ordained a priest and one who had been a priest for a while and that I've grown up with. Um, it was in that conversation in which they both challenged me to come home, to enter seminary and to really stop running away that I um, would even entertain the possibilities. Um, it was on my car ride from New Orleans to DC, that 18 hours of just being in the car by myself and really praying that um, I asked the Lord for him to be blatantly clear. Um, if this is what he wants me to do, let me know. And that that week that I got back to, to D.C., um, a, a bunch of priests that I knew that I've got grown, grown close to, my spiritual director, all of them said, you need to go to seminary. You need to be a priest. This is what the Lord is calling you to do. Stop running away from it. Um, and I, I fought that. I really did. I was like, the Lord, you are crazy. I don't really want to do this, right? And... I came up with a list of reasons why I could not go to seminary, a list of reasons why I couldn't be a priest. I, you know, I wasn't good enough. I wasn't holy enough. I had a car note. I had student loans. I had, like, I was coming up with all kinds of stuff. And, and I sent that to the vocations director and the vocations director, uh, he had a response to all of them. And so I literally could not come up with any other excuse not to, any other reason not to uh, even, consider a seminary, but even more so any other reason not to be a priest. And it was because I had depleted my arsenal of excuses that I finally said, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to enter seminary and we're going to see. Um, and that's probably one of the best decisions that I've made in my life because, you know, five months ago, five months in a week, <laughs> um, I, I was ordained a priest of Jesus Christ forever. And, you know, I've been the most fulfilled, uh, the most joyful and the most happy that I have ever been in my life. And I'm just, I'm grateful for it. Yeah, thank you for sharing. What a powerful story about how you had a tug of war experience to decide for a vocation. And also, you know, it was powerful at five that this person saw you mesmerized um, in mass. Like, I can remember when I was five, I was just, like, chilling, watching Power Rangers at home. <laughs> so that's cool, man. <laughs> so um, my next question is, piggybacking on, like, that observation that that man witnessed from you at five, did anyone else notice, like, any noticeable traits that would make you a good um, candidate for the priesthood? Well, um, 
you know, my my late pastor, Father Michael Jacques, really um he he saw saw a lot in me. Um and you know, he he made it a point when it was time for me to be an altar server to to serve, right? And he, he really poured into me in that. Um eventually I would end up being like head altar server and things like that. But he he taught me so much. Right. He saw saw my attention to detail, especially at the mass, especially at liturgy, and he really poured into that. My parents, um, they saw uh in me this call, they saw in me this uh not only the gifts of a priest to be compassionate, um, and prolific in speech and um just dedicated um in mind and body to the Lord. Um but they, they saw that this is this is really what um this is what God placed me in their life for to push me to this direction and now my parents didn't you know they were they so they were very supportive but what they didn't do is they didn't push it down my throat you know when I especially when I was fighting it um, they allowed for me to fight <laughs> and when the fight was over they said all right. We are with you every step of the way. So you know they've been very supportive to me. I, I've been I'm grateful that I've had friends who, who who never never let me forget the call. Right, never let me forget that God was inviting me to to pursue the priesthood. Um, you know they, they were. I, I there's a, a group of friends who've been friends since high school. Right, would talk about um, just like the weddings and um the baptisms and things like that and now right i would I, it's a blessing that you know in a couple of, that i get to in a couple of months uh you know witness the the weddings of many of my friends many of my peers you know i've been able to baptize uh my god my goddaughter and looking forward to baptizing you know the, the children of, of of very close friends and family um and and but I'm grateful that they 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 encouraged me to to stay the course right to stop running away and to do what it is that they knew um in their hearts um that that this is what I was called to and then uh, you know I've had the 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 beautiful support of many priests um I'm grateful that that I have holy examples of priests, of black priests, who um, who not only love their vocation, love their call, but even more so, they show me what it means to be a priest and to be authentic in in, in the gift of priesthood that we share. Um, you know, and they saw in me the ability, the strength to to hold to hold firm and faith to that call. Um, and they encourage me every day. And, I, and I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. It's great to have a, in your story, to have a, a powerful sense of community from like so many people that like really care about your walk and your relationship with Christ. So definitely a good thing to have. You served at the historic St. Peter Claybrook Catholic Church in New Orleans. How does it feel to serve at a significant church in black catholic history you know i i always i 
I reverence being able to touch and live history um, and at a place such as, as St. Peter Flavor, right, that has touched history that, you know, Mother Catherine Drexel, um, Mother Arianna DeLille, both have, you know, roots here. Um, the Josephites, the Edmundites, um, these pivotal figures and communities in Black Catholic history and the, and the history of the church, um, I am humbled uh, because I get to be the guardian of that history, but even more so like the people of God here, right? You know, you have figures, giants, um, you have Leah Chase, um, who was a professional here for up until her death uh, several years ago, um, her family who has roots here, um, but who were pivotal in the civil rights movement. Um, but the stories of the parishioners, right, of that, that they, because of their faith, would not abandon this place, wouldn't leave this place. That's enriching for me, especially as a young priest, right, starting, starting out in the priesthood, that when you are firmly rooted in Christ, nothing, no one, not any type of situation can really shake you. And this place has been um, a beacon of perseverance, not, a, like, not only for the community, but even, even in my own life. You know, I, I think it is, it's a gift, right, to, for a parish to get their, chi their, their child back. You know, um, young, newly ordained priests usually don't go back to their home parish. <laughs> um, but I am grateful that I get to come home, right? The people who have poured into my vocation now, I can pour into them in, upper, in not only the way that they pray for, but even a greater way um, as an instrument of God's grace and his mercy. Um, it is an honor. It's a privilege. and. Uh, I pray that I get to be here uh, uh, long enough to, to really, really make an impact um, in the lives of the people of God here. It must be a huge honor to serve in the church that raised you. So I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. What type of spiritual and social needs have you encountered by the parishioners in the community slash city? Well, so I, I think, you know, um, it is having a place, right? Having a place in the kingdom, and knowing that that um, that people have a place, especially people of color, especially African Americans, right? Um, there's all there's always been this this tension, right? That I believe in, you know, with with a true and and certain hope and belief that you know belief in the God that is is the God of all people, but having this feeling of not having that in the church and and that has it has pushed people away, especially a lot of uh, young people, a lot of young adults, and I hear that a lot uh, all the time, right? Um, and so, for me, I think it is very important to create well, not even create space because the space is already there, but open the space up for the people of God and knowing that and allowing for them to know that they have a place in the church, that they have a space in the church, and that. The church is not fully the church if they are not there. Um, I also find that, you know, enriching what it is 
for people to be black and to be Catholic, right? Um, I get all get time to time like that this uh, this desire, right, to not only know the faith for ourselves, um, but to be able to 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 preach it and teach it for ourselves in a way that speaks to our hearts, right? To speaks to our realities. Um, but that requires on the part of me as a priest to pour into that, right? Um, to not hold the mysteries of the kingdom from people, um, but to give it to them because they're hungry for it. You know, I, I, this is, you know, five months into the priesthood and I, I knew this going into it, but I, the scope of it is kind of mind boggling. How many people are actually hungry, right? They've been starved for a long time. But people have been starved um, and people are hungry and they're just looking, they're waiting for somebody to feed them. And that is exciting for me as a priest, because you know what, like, all right, let's get to work. Let's start feeding people. Let's let, let's start giving them not only like the fund, the foundation of, of, of the truth, the, the teachings of the church, but how about let's just let's bring people Jesus Christ, right? Let's bring people Jesus Christ. People are hungry, are thirsting for Him, and so let me not be a hindrance to that, but but the avenue, the instrument for it. People are spiritually hungry, and it's good that you've been positioned to be an instrument to fulfill those spiritual and like physical needs. My last question is my favorite question that I like to ask guests when they come on the program. Um, so in Catholicism, we talk about the communion of saints and we have the church triumphant, which are like the saints that model saintly living and who ultimately guide us to Christ. Um, so I'm wondering which saints have you discovered and what lessons have they given you for your vocation or life? I always, my, I, my, my first one is my goat. My first one is my namesake, um, Saint Augustine. Um, I, you know, I bear his name through the the, through the sacrament of confirmation. I went to uh, a school under his uh, under his patronage. Um, Saint Augustine, for me, is um, Saint Augustine is goals. <laughs> Because St. Augustine is, has been an example of what it means to be, to be authentic in the Christian life. Um, you know, St. Augustine did not have the perfect beginning to his story. Um, but yet, you know, thousands of years later, it's probably one of the most, if not the most prolific theologians in the church, right? Um, a man who sought truth, but at the same time was very real in not only his struggles and his temptations, but in his questions. Um, and he allowed for his experiences to draw him to, to the person of Jesus Christ, they allowed his experiences, his education, his life to inform how he shepherded the people uh, 
to be with them as a Christian, but also for them, their shepherd, their bishop. Um, he he shows me what it really means to be a, a, a true priest, right? That yes, you stand ahead of the people, uh, interceding on their behalf, but you also stand with them on the on the journey of the Christian life. And I am inspired not only by his intellect and his mind, but his authenticity and realness. Um, he was a human being. But he didn't allow his humanity to get in the way, but even more so, he used it to inform who Jesus Christ is um, for him. So, Saint, you know, Saint Augustine is, is just a prolific image for me, um, and I also, you know, go to another saintly man, Augustus Tolton, um, in his journey to the priesthood, right? Uh, of his journey of rejection, his journey of overcoming so much. But um, Augustus was a true priest in that he gave everything. You know, I, I'm, I'm struck by the fact that, you know, he died at 43, 44, he died at a young age. Um, and, but he died from exhaustion, right? He, he gave himself completely totally to the very last drop now there are a lot of people like who, who constantly tell me that i do too much you know i you know i need to slow down etc cetera, etc cetera. but like i want to like in many ways i want to exhaust myself for the sake of the gospel the sake of salvation the sake for people to know who, who jesus christ is in their life um and look, if the Lord takes me early on, so be it. If not, then I pray that I have 50, 60, 70 years priest as a priest. Um, but to have these two uh, profound images um, of holiness, of authenticity um, in the faith are really, really inspiring to me. Um, that's, you know, the top two. Um, There's so many more. And just like you highlighted, Augustine is a good model for the Christian life because like he showed that you can live for selfishness and then turn to Christ. Um, and I think in his life, it shows that like, yeah, we can sin and like sin, but eventually when we come to Christ, we can exhibit, you know, great saintly virtues and one day be a member of church triumphant and potentially one day be a doctor of the church. Who knows? Um, so, yeah, Augustine is like a real you know, good showcase of what it means to be a Christian. That is going to conclude this episode of Saintly Witnesses. But I appreciate your dedication to Christ and the, your community that you serve in New Orleans. Um, and I appreciate you sharing your powerful and like transformative uh, vocational journey with us. Uh, may the listeners pray for you and your success as a priest wherever you may go. Thank you so much. I it has been a blessing um, to be able to share the story, to, 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 to share my faith and, you know, to have a platform like this, right? It's so important for us. And so praise God, uh, praise God for it. That's going to conclude this episode. And you guys can tune in to hear the next guest on Saintly Witnesses. Mm-hmm.